Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to Source Material Live, keeping the flame strong for Jesse Starcher as he give out the as he's out there giving out the ends in the OIO. I'm of course your host, the Mandator Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And tonight, uh, this week, well, there's an election this week, but aside from that, mm-hmm. we're also we're also going to be looking at the Hellstrom show that debuted on Hulu a few weeks ago. So because we're reviewing the Hellstrom TV show, of course, we're taking a look at one of the books that uh, the show drew inspiration from to some degree or another, or at least as far as the character is concerned. So uh, because I like tightly, you know, tied up stories, neatly tied up stories, we're looking at a five issue limited series called Hellstorm. Son of Satan Equinox. Uh, this first issue, as part of the Max series, uh, cover date was two th- December 2006. In-store was October 18, 2006. Your writer was Alexander Irvine. Your inker was Klaus Jansen, penciler Russell Braun, and cover was author Soitem. Soitem. Sure. Soitemly. Soitemly. Uh, one of the Stooges you just heard is my good friend. He's been joining me on all these shows lately, helping me out. 
from the Cosmic Treadmill, it's Chris Sheehan. How you doing, sir? Hey, hey, how are you? I had uh, never heard of, well, I, I know Klaus Janssen, but the uh, writer and uh, penciler of this, I'd never heard of before. Really? So it was uh, yeah, it was very, very strange to uh, to come across folks that I couldn't place, no matter how hard I tried. And uh, yes, this is from the Max line, the, the, the line of comics for the mature reader. This is uh, so mature that the first word uttered in a Max book was fuck. So <laughs> I, I think I've told you we are, about... We are very mature. Robert Klein and like, you know, the the first time stand up was on HBO when they could curse, and yes. he just yells out "fuck." <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Correct. <laughs> All right, so tell me about Damien Hellstrom. What do you know, Joe? He is a character out of the Bronze Age of Marvel, which is unfortunately a blind spot for me. Uh, I uh, for as far as my Bronze Age uh, knowledge for Marvel goes, it's you know, just the hits. It's, uh, you know, X-Men, uh, Spider-Man, Avengers, Fantastic Four. The other stuff, like all the stuff that people really, really love about the Bronze Age, uh, I know very, very little about. You know, things like uh, the Heroes for Hire and, uh, and up here, Hellstrom, uh, Tomb of Dracula, all that stuff. I've got a lot of it. I've just never actually sat down and read it. So this may actually be the first, like, dedicated uh, Hellstorm Hellstrom however frig you say his name, uh, story that I've ever read. Yeah, I didn't know anything about him. Um, I'm aware of this because Hulu was supposed to do like a, like a journey into horror or something like that, that we we're going to call okay. it. And they, you know, and it was supposed to be uh, Hellstrom and Ghost Rider, and then they canceled Ghost Rider. Okay. Um, and then Hellstrom got left, and they were going to make a part of Huluween, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back and I did a little research and yeah, he shows up in a lot of different places, but I don't know if he's ever had his own dedicated series. I believe he had, there was a son of Satan. It may have been a series or it may have been like a, you know, startling stories featuring son mm-hmm. of Satan. Right. It might've been something like that, but, uh, and I know I have some of it. I've just never looked at it. Yeah. When it gets into like the journey into mystery, which I know becomes Thor, you know, but like that sort of thing that Marvel did, Marvel team up, um, you know, so the sort of general title featuring a variety of different characters, my eyes start to glaze over. <laughs> they can be a little overwhelming because uh, like out here, we, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, Marvel Spotlight on Son of Satan. So there's mm. that. Um, out here, I, I hit the uh, like the quarter bins and the 50 cent bins all the time. And uh you know, uh, when you look at, like, the comics grading things, people, you know, you have, like, the the very good, the fine, the yada, 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 you know, with all mm-hmm. the grading stuff. I don't pay much attention to that. I just like to read them. And thank goodness that there's something called reader copies. And those are usually tossed into these 50-cent or 25-cent bins. And uh, you'll find, or I'll find whole clumps of, like, the startling stories and the uh, and the Marvel spotlights and the two-in-ones and the Marvel team-ups and I'll look at them, and it's like, I don't even know where to start. Because <laughs> like, I go into the shops with my checklist, you know, the stuff that I'm trying to track down. And then I'll see all these books, and I'll be like, oh, I really want this. And I'm thinking, I might already have it. <laughs> so it's like, I just get overwhelmed with that kind of thing, and I, I usually just leave it behind. So this is my first experience with the Damon uh, Hellstorm, Hellstrom character. This is the first time I've read Hellstorm. Um as I said before, this is a five-issue limited series, and we're at uh, Comic Vine 
for our synopsis here of issue number one. Here we go. <laughs> In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, the outpouring of human misery has drawn demons, like you do, like mm-hmm. sharks to a bloodbath. What better time for the son of Satan to pay a visit? After having a vivid dream of demon, demons tearing apart a hawk, Hellstorm comes to a New Orleans comes to New Orleans to investigate what it means. At a bar, he encounters a doctor who tells him about a woman who went into labor and then vanished from the hospital. The same woman the doctor ran into weeks later, two weeks later, with a child looking five years old. After hearing this, Demon believes his dream and the woman are connected. All right, so um, here here is my first thing with this book. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently has like hellfire powers and can take mm-hmm. out demons with nary a sweat. Pretty much, yeah. yeah <laughs> like they, any... they fall to his uh, his his pitchfork very very easily. Yeah, and and that was kind of my first. Just reading this first issue, and I'm um, you know, and I, I give things a chance. And uh, this first issue here is a lot of setup, but that mm-hmm. was one of the things I noticed is like he every time he fights a demon, there's no fight really. The demons just die easily. They just line up. Yeah, they line up and wait for their heads to be chopped off. It's uh, I guess it's you know it's a it's a good group of bad guys if you can get them, but uh, yeah they don't uh, they don't really pose much of a threat. No, there's there's not a lot of tension there. The tension the is tension, in the mystery. Yeah, it's it's the mystery of uh, of what's going on and the uh, and the I hate you, Dad. I never asked to be born. That goes on between the son of Satan and Satan himself. Yeah, you don't watch the Lucifer show, but that's that, I, I, I that's all I could think about. This feels cause like when I first read this, when I read the first issue, I kept thinking, I'm like, I'm like, is this like a riff on Lucifer or John Constantine? Because it feels <laughs> like because he's kind of sarcastic. He's kind of like way too powerful. And <laughs> he's uh, and he's in league with demons. So it's like, hmm, it just felt like a and again, I have no frame of reference for what happened in the Bronze Age. I know he ran with Ghost Rider for a little bit or he was at least around with Ghost Rider a bit. So. I really can't speak to whether or not that was something that was always part of his character, or if that might be something that uh, that Marvel thought it might be convenient to lift from uh, the the distinguished competition. So, any thoughts about Equinox Part One? Part One. Uh, well, we mentioned that there's an election this week, so and I think people are very, very uh, politically motivated at the moment. I, I feel like we're very energized, but still very uninformed. But uh, we see this is after Hurricane Katrina. And shockingly, for a book with Axel Alonso in the editor's seat, it doesn't get political. I no, was very, they just very surprised. No, they just sort of said this is the setting. This is mm-hmm. a miserable place, condemned yep. with poverty, and this is the kind of place that demons like to prey on. And that, and exactly. they left it at that. What I thought was yep. really nice. Absolutely, because that's. I mean, that that definitely does not feel like current year Marvel, which. Uh, is is telling because this wasn't that long ago it's only 14 years ago but uh but yeah this was uh i thought it was pretty neat um the the scene in the bar with the doctor conversation was a little bit forced but uh i mean it got us to where we were gonna be it Mm -hmm. facilitated the uh the you know the the plot it let it go forward um yeah decent enough first issue a fair amount of decompression here but you know that's just what's gonna happen Issue number two, uh, for Damon Hellstorm, this means one thing. It's hunting season. Like Sun Tzu said, some battles can be won without firing a single arrow. All you need to do is sow chaos. 
And who better than to do that than the son of Satan? All right, so I think it's issue number two where he figures out that the woman who gave birth is Isis. Isis. And uh, her son, is, her, the, the boy, is Horus. Horus, yeah. And yes, they're I on a mission. Then, yeah. They are on a mission to raise the dead. Her dead husband, uh, what's his face? Osiris. Osiris. Her brother husband, yeah. Yeah. Um, Osiris is rendered into a number of different pieces. She's got all but the one piece. She's missing what the piece. What piece is that? Missing the penis. <laughs> oh, poor man. He had his penis mm-hmm. ripped off, like you do. He did, yeah. Um, so I think by issue number two, they've set up the fact that Satan is watching. Mm-hmm. And he has an interest in Osiris being resurrected. But there was something about him wanting to control it. And then you have Isis. She wants him back for her own reasons. And Damon Hellstorm is sort of caught in the middle to where he doesn't want to do his father's bidding. Hello, Lucifer. (laughs) And he doesn't want to necessarily do what Isis wants, but he sees the need for this to happen. Which, this made my head hurt. A bit, yeah. It's like he's playing both angles, but he doesn't want either. It's very, uh, very weird. Um, yes. And uh, I didn't really, it's like, it's like, dude, just walk away then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just leave. But uh, every time his Well, I think he got threatened, fall, didn't he? Like if, they, like, think, if, he, if he didn't yeah. help, Horace was going to kick his ass. But it's like, this dude's taking down demons with, like, a snap of his fingers. I mean, what's a bird going to do, right? <laughs> I guess he is a god, but, uh, or sort of, right? I, I guess Horace is sort of a god. But uh, every time his father would call him, it would play a different ringtone on his cell phone. It would be like, like the first one was like Sympathy for the Devil, right? Right, yeah, after I laughed at. And I think the second one was like the devil went down to Georgia and, he, and Damon picks up the phone and he's like, you know you lost that one, right? And he's like... <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Um, but it's funny because we keep seeing, like, Satan watching. And uh, you're from the, the, the Northeast, so you, you're probably familiar with Newmark and Lewis. Oh, yeah. So every time I saw him, I, I, the first thing that went through my mind is Dick Lewis is watching. <laughs> and, and, like, I remember those billboards with, like, Dick Lewis's eyes and it said, Dick Lewis is watching. Yeah. Every friggin' time. He just couldn't escape it. Anything else on issue number two before we move on? No, no, it was uh, just more set up. Um, we did establish that, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole, I don't even know which, what what sort of godhood is. Is this Egyptian gods? It's, yes. So, yeah, we established that that's what we're dealing with here. Um, made me think that we were reading some, uh, you know, a Shazam comic for a bit. But uh, we talked about, you know, Osiris, Horus, or Horus, yeah, and uh, Isis, and... We're pretty much setting the table to to move forward. It's uh, the pacing here, while decompressed, isn't quite as egregiously decompressed as a lot of uh, of stories of the uh, vintage. Well, issue three is where things really get cooking. Mm-hmm. Literally, De- demons have descended on New Orleans, harvesting body parts in a furious race to reassemble a being of unlimited power. Demon Hellstorm has got only one option to thwart the demon's plot: locate just the one key piece. Arrgh. De- mm-hmm. <laughs> Demons have descended on New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's try that again. Um, 
a being whose resurrection is too terrible to contemplate. Damon Hellstorm has got only one option to thwart the demon's plot, locates just the one piece, one key body part without which the entity can never ever be whole, and make sure no one finds it. Just how far is Damon ready to go? Find out. He's not called the son of Satan for nothing. All right. It's true. Uh, Hellstorm searches for Osiris's penis. He comes into conflict with some of his father's minions and is led into the underworld. He is judged by Anubis and Thoth, and upon getting the penis he is looking he is looking for, he is swallowed by Amatu, which is like a giant alligator. Yes. Yeah, and he's taken to... Where, where, where does it take him? It takes him to, like, the netherworld or something? Or? Yeah, he goes to the, under, the underworld. Yeah. Um, he goes... So, he finds this house, and this house, I think, was in his dreams. And... In the house is demons, and he kills all the demons, and he goes into the basement, and the basement is a portal to the underworld. And to he the gets, river sticks, yeah. Yeah, and he gets in the boat, and he takes, you know, and he goes, and uh, he is confronted by the Egyptian gods, and they're like, if you're, I think it's like, if your heart is lighter than a feather. It then, was your soul. They said, yeah, yes, for his soul, but he, he said he preferred to give his heart. Yeah. So if your soul was lighter than a feather, then you would be judged to be good, and you'll be allowed to go on your way. If not, then I guess you're condemned to hell or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it turns out his soul is equal to that of a feather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's got the peace, and but I think the issue ends with him being eaten by the alligator, if I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah. Um, so I thought this was an interesting issue. Mm-hmm. Definitely weird. You know, it, this isn't, you know, I, 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 I talk about this a lot, um, referencing uh, Doom Patrol, the television show, where it's like, oh, now we get to the punchy parts. There wasn't a lot of punchy <laughs> parts in this one. But I, it was a fascinating story. And, you know, and I thought, you know, for a five-issue limited series, it kind of kept things moving. What would you think? Yeah. The same. Same. I thought it was good. Um, I liked... You know, I, I was afraid that this whole this whole story was going to take place, like where he's just beaming back and forth from hell to uh, and back to you know the earth setting. So I was happy that it was all kind of condensed here, and uh, I also like that there's like this familiarity between him and the uh, and the judges and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I got I kind of got lost when the alligator ate him because. Like, we just see him, like, floating in blackness then mm-hmm. after that. It's like, is he in, like, a deeper version of the underworld? Or is, is he in, like, the netherworld now? Because it, it felt very, very uh, disjointed towards uh, towards the end there when he got uh, when he got snapped up. Yeah, th- there's an image of him holding the vase that I guess has yeah. the penis in it. And, he's, and he looks very at peace. Yeah. And he's just swallowed whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, knelt down and then the thing just snaps him up. Yep. All right, issue number four. With otherworldly figure, figures breathing down his neck, the key to Damon Hellstorm's survival sits shriveled in a little glass jar, waiting to be <laughs> reunited with its host. All the son of Satan needs is a needle and thread and to take the biggest gamble of his life. God help us if he rolls craps. Ah, yes, this is the issue where they spend a lot of time, like more than you could possibly think on this. Sewing. Sewing a dick to a body. Yeah. Yeah, needle and thread, literally. He's sewing it to uh, to poor old Osiris. There was a lot of sewing in this ep- in this issue. No doubt. 
<laughs> no doubt. It was it was it was like almost all of it. <laughs> it was a lot of sewing there. And uh thankfully, you know, they 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 the way they, you know, I guess the way they shot this, uh we didn't get to see like every single uh, you know, cross stitch. So that was good. Um, cuz you never know what they're going to do with these Max books to show how mature they are. Mm-hmm. Uh I I think we get to see like the head once, but <laughs> But then it's just being sewed on. But uh, no, I thought it was pretty cool. I liked uh, I liked that Damon was like talking to him as he was doing it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now and, is this uh, the, is this the okay. issue where he finally once he sews the dick on, Osiris is resurrected and he kills mm-hmm. him almost instantly. Yeah, he slices his throat right then. Yeah, because right. this issue this is issue four, so I think it ends with uh, Horus and Isis arriving at that house. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like uh, the father, you know, Osiris sits up. And Damon walks up behind him and right across the throat. Yes, thus pissing off uh, Isis to say the least. Yeah, a little bit. And Satan, from yeah. what I like, neither one. You know, they both they both somehow benefited from his resurrection. Yes. And Damon Hellstorm went through the trouble of resurrecting him just to kill him again. Just and to I, kill him. And did you get a sense as to what that was supposed to accomplish? Absolutely none. Okay. Um, I I know why Isis wanted him back, because she loves him and she you know that, that's her brother husband. I don't know what Satan had in mind for him, mm-hmm. uh, unless because uh, Damon did posit early. Either I think it was a little bit earlier than this because I think Isis even asked you know what stakes is in the, what stakes are in this for Satan? What's his goal? And uh, Damon's just like, well, he wants to he he just wants chaos. You know, and this will bring chaos, so that'll make him happy. Seems kind of a reach, and it yeah. seems like a really convoluted way of. I mean, he's he's Satan. He he could do whatever the hell he wants. He can make things chaotic in any way he sees fit. Like, why go to all the trouble here? It seems weird. It does. Anything else about issue number four? No, no. It was just it was another good one. Um, the pacing. I mean. Like I said, there there is decompression here, but it's not like a, it's not like an Avengers issue of this vintage where it's like, okay, we're gonna have we're gonna have Chinese food and we're gonna we're gonna sit and talk for for twenty two pages and it's just gonna be heads. Uh, this is a, uh, it's moving. I think it's moving at just the right pace. Um, and you know, for this being a Max book and for us dealing with uh, body parts and <laughs> uh, and members, uh, surprisingly light. On, on the cursing and uh, and the and the extreme violence. Yeah, uh, there's not much gore here. I mean, there's decapitations, but that's in any comic. And uh, the cursing is kept to uh, you know just when it's really necessary, I guess. Um, so that was surprising because anytime I come across a Max book, it's like okay, let's let's be ready to uh, you know it's going to be ninth grade gym class right now and we'll we'll see everybody get get away with everything they think they can get away with but uh they they used, they showed real restraint here which was a, a surprise a pleasant surprise all right uh so we are up to issue number 5 it all comes down to this your kiss trap between hell and a hot place damon hellstorm unveils his trap and teaches his old man a thing or two in the process all right so i have the issue up right now um Okay, yeah, he's got these. He's sitting there with the slit, with his uh, throat slit, and um, they're talking about Macbeth, which I think is f- kind of funny. <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah, Isis and Horus walk in there, and she's like, you've got worse problems right now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then the demons show up, uh, but Isis doesn't want the demons to kill Hellstrom. She wants to do it. She yeah. wants the honor of doing it. Yeah, we, we have our final like face off here, and it's, it's, it's demons versus Horus and uh, Hellstorm. It's a triple threat match. Yep. Um, so we're, yeah, now we're up to the punchy part. This is a lot of fighting. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fighting going on here for several pages. Um, oh, and then even better, just to add to the mix, is a bunch of like giant scorpions. Yeah, she brings in she brings in the bugs, and then the bugs are talking, and the bugs have filthy mouths. I'll I'll, I'll give them that much. The insects <laughs> do have filthy mouths, but I, I guess you know if you're a bug, it doesn't matter. But yeah, they, it it got pretty uh, got pretty chaotic here, and um, I, you know by this point I'd already forgotten that he was eaten by an alligator, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize what that I still don't realize what that meant, but uh, but I mean we built to this whole big scene here where we get a re- we get revisited by this alligator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- Amu Amatu shows up again, and. Uh... <laughs> Um, I'm not sure what he does here. He just like there's a scene. He just like descends. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Right. He feeds. He feeds the dead Osiris to the alligator. Yes. Not all of him though. Um. Okay. The god who dies is a hallmark card. If hallmark cards actually healed the wounds or betrayal or loss or grief. You'd only need to get one once, but they don't, and neither does the god who dies. So the story can't be told only once. It has to go on over and over. <laughs> Love is the armor Isis wears against reality. Sometimes it isn't good enough. Still, she'll try again. That's faith. The old man hates faith, so he wanted Osiris's story to end. When a story is over, you don't have to have faith anymore because you know. And this goes on and on and on. It does for quite a while here, and it's like I don't. I mean, if this is a, I mean, we are talking about a faith here, and and I guess part of this Osiris and Isis thing is is resurrection, and uh, so how can Satan win this? How can he take away the idea that one day, somewhere, a millennia from now, however long from now, Osiris will come back? Mm. So a few panels later, um, the alligator vomits out Hellstrom and Osiris. Mm. Um, one of these days, like that little kid with the caterpillar, Isis might learn the seduction of lost faith. Then her story might end. But it's not an ending I'd want to see. That's for the gods' business. For us topsiders, sometimes, I think, the lesson here is you can get drawn and quartered by allegiance, or you can die, or you can abjure loyalty and die alone. Some choice. We tell ourselves to convince ourselves we'll never have to make it. We tell them over and over. And so there's a panel of her just kind of walking away from all of this. 
Yeah. And uh, we sort of flash forward and Damon we an epilogue. Hel- yeah. Yeah. Hel- Damon is uh, is in the street, and he oh, he's got the he's got the penis is what he's got here. He's got the urn. Yeah. He's got the he's got the dick in the box. Yeah. And so he's got he's so he goes to like a bank. He's going to put it in a uh, a thing, and he's going to lose the key. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that. That's it. That's the end of the story. All right, so what do you think overall? <laughs> you know, I liked it. I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't know what to expect here. Um, is Have you seen the show yet? Uh, yes, I did watch the show. Is it based on this story? No. I didn't think so. Um yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was all right. Um, didn't know what to expect going into it. I was expecting, like, just to be like, okay, this feels like a very turn-of-the-century Vertigo story, but it does feel like a turn-of-the-century Vertigo story in a good way. Um, thought it was thought it was okay. Thought the pacing was, was good. The art, eh, wasn't the greatest, but uh, but it, it worked when it needed to. Yeah, I um, thought it was good comic book art. Sure, sure. And I'm looking here, because uh, I'm trying to figure out who this Alex Irvine is, and I'm looking him up. And he is a science fiction writer who has very, very few comics credits. Uh, this looks like it might have been his very first comic story. And uh, if that's truly the case, then, hey, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad first outing. Yeah, um, I think as a trade, as a five-issue limited series, um, it was a fun, breezy read. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of narration, and the motives are not totally clear at times. But I think overall, you know, I followed the story well enough to where... You know, when it was over, I was like, okay, that was fine. I gave it three stars on Goodreads. Okay. Out of how many? Five. Okay, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's not going to rock your socks, and it's also not going to piss you off, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's 90% of comics, right? It's right there in that... Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a, a comics uh, equivalent to the Mendoza line. Uh, what could we... What's a, what's a just... I don't know what's like a very middling sort of thing. <laughs> Can't think of one off the top of my head. I, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'll piss a lot of people off if I say somebody that people like, but uh, it's in that uh, it's in that belt of decent comics. Yeah, and, and I think we, me, me and you, as we've been doing these, we've sort of hit a run of it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and, and as internet reviewers, uh, I think we are unique in that regard because if you're an internet comic book reviewer it's either zero stars out of ten or ten stars out of ten so when we come in with a it was an okay review it's probably dismissed by most people but at the same time it's honest mm-hmm. and I mean I would average is the, average for a reason yeah I was going to say I would say most most comics probably travel in the three star three out of five star range absolutely absolutely I think you know uh, I think most comics when I when I used to review comics for sites that would do number scores, you know, mm-hmm. like the out of ten, generally I would start at a seven and then I would read the comic and I would I would inch up or inch down. That's how that was my methodology to reviewing here because right. if you go to like the circle jerk sites, it's ten out of ten, ten out of ten, ten out of ten. You, everything retweet. can't be ten out of ten. Not everything is exactly. Kingdom Come or the Long Halloween. Exactly, exactly. It's and I, I was asking people. And it was me just being a shit shit disturber. I said, okay, you ha- let's say you have a shelf on your in your in your library. You have this one bookshelf, and it's your ten out of ten 
bookshelf. You know, what's on that shelf? It can't be everything. Yeah. You know, it can't be, it can't be Watchmen and uh, it can't be Watchmen and V for Vendetta and Squirrel Girl number eight. You know, <laughs> it just can't be. It's, you gotta be choosy here. So I think us realizing that, uh, that these are, you know, I don't think a comic book creator wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to write a shitty story today. And uh, that's what we get here. We get a decent story. It was yep. a fun read. It passed the time. I learned a little bit about this character. I wish it was a little bit more superheroic-y, but it is, it is a Max book, and Max books are usually a little too cool for that. We know what we're getting into when we go into it, so I can't really hold it against it. But it was a fine story. It was a fine story, and I wouldn't mind reading more about this guy. All right. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. So uh, that brings us to a close. Next week is one of your picks. Uh, why don't you tell yes, us a little bit about this? Starman, Volume 1, Sins of the Father. Oh, boy. If, if you folks haven't read the uh, James Robinson Starman, and, and, I mean, it's almost a cliche uh, for people like, you know, what are, your, what are your best, what are your favorite? You know, that's my 10 out of 10 shelf right there. There's going to be some Robinson Starman on there. It's a drastically different take on a superhero comic it's uh it's jack knight um the son of the original starman the golden age starman now we saw him a little while in the stars and stripe episode and uh he's kind of a reluctant hero but he still wants to do right by the by the you know the title by the mantle and um his just his regular life gets in the way he has uh his whole thing is that he's a collector he ha he runs a junk store is what they call it. Uh, and like, they'll show pictures of his junk store at, during the story. And it's, you can get lost in these pictures. It's uh, Tony Harris, I believe is the artist on it. I'm, I, I'm like 80% sure it's Tony Harris. The art is really wonderful. It fits the tone of the story. When you get a look at these junk store pictures, it's like you could find things that you have in your own house. If you're a collector of things. And I tell people that I'm a collector of collections. I collect so much crap, you know, <laughs> Where if I look at these images in the Starman book, like, like he has like a Laurel and Hardy, a poster on it uh, on the wall for sale, and it's like Psh, I would take that, you know. He's got like a like a, a suit of armor or something, just weird stuff that I think people, comics collectors, comics fans, comics enthusiasts would be tickled by, and uh, his whole characterization is is wonderful. It's a, a very I don't want to say it's a moody book, but the book has a mood. It's uh, it's kind of tinted darker, but not in a not in a Max or Vertigo sort of way. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, if folks haven't read it, I I don't know what what is on the DC app in as far or even if there is a DC app anymore, uh, in as far as like free books or like like Marvel Unlimited style books here. But if you haven't read Starman, read Starman. You will, uh, you will thank me. You will, you will be very, very happy that you did so. And you, you, well, you might be mad because he's, you know, not around anymore. But uh, it was really, really good stuff. And I discovered it. I discovered it too late. I discovered it when it was uh, already out in trade collections. And I remember devouring these things. I, I blew like an entire paycheck when I had way too much money for a dumb kid. And I, I blew a whole paycheck on like the first eight of them at once. And I just went through them in just a matter of days it's it's a it's a wonderful series and uh, uh i i'm now i'm hoping that it lives up to everything that i'm saying because uh, <laughs> i haven't read it in a little while but i i do remember loving it very very much and i think uh, a lot of folks will as well very cool 
Yeah, actually, this the entire month of November is Christian month on Source Material Live. We've got really? Starman, yeah. Then we have Doom Patrol crawling from the wreckage. Oh, yeah. Then whatever you're picking for the 23rd, and then the Jeffrey Dahmer book. We have Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. Now, for the for the other book, would you prefer a Marvel, a DC? Do you have any kind of preference to, to make um, me... Give me an idea. I feel like we've done... We're, do, we're doing a couple... We're doing two DCs in a row after this. It's true. It's true. So, yeah, give me a Marvel. Okay. Absolutely. I can do that. I can do that. I'm looking right now, and... Yeah, I'll find something good. I'll find something good. All right. Or, or maybe something really bad. You ever <laughs> hear of Marvel? What? You ever hear of Marvel? What's Marvel? Oh, boy. Okay, I think I know what we're doing. Or... or well, we, me and Reggie did trouble on the cosmic treadmill, so I don't want to do that one again. Um, Marvel is a uh, back in back around the turn of the century. Uh, the Marvel editor in chief was a guy named Bob Harris, and uh, he oversaw you know the '90s. You know, he was uh, big on the. Uh, he was originally the X Men editor. Then, since the X Men just blew up, he was editor. In, he was made editor in chief. Then, the bubble burst. Marvel went through bankruptcy, but he, he still maintained his position. Then the X-Men movie comes out, and Chris Claremont comes back to the X-Men books, and everybody's rejoicing. It's like, oh, it's a new golden age. We're gonna, everything's going to be great. TV Guide has an X-Men sample story in it, and it's a new story written by Chris Claremont, and it's a story that made absolutely no sense. <laughs> and uh, because it was just... Claremont was doing this thing where he was trying to shed his image of what came before and trying to do new things, not realizing that when a creator comes back to a book, we want the honeymoon period, right? We want, you know, we want him to play the hits for a few days. We want to hear the familiar songs and then do new stuff, you know, then do your new stuff. Claremont was like, screw that. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce a group of people called the Neo that you're not going to give a shit about, but I'm going to tell you they're important and I'm not going to tell you why they're important. And people didn't care. So he writes this story for TV Guide. And, I, you know, it, it's hard to really... It's hard to really emphasize how... the, the Just the, how huge the circulation was on TV Guide. You know, I mean, almost every house in this country had TV Guide in it, right? You'd see it on the counters at the grocery store. You'd have subscriptions to it. It was... I think even today... No, no, I think Rita's Digest is now. But I think... For the longest time, it was the top circulating periodical in in the country. So to have this opportunity, after the bubble burst, to have X-Men comics in almost every house in the country, it's a huge deal. And it's a huge opportunity. And they blew it. So Bob Harris oversaw that, was like, okay, we're going to show you the door now. So he was gone. Uh, that's the rumor, anyway. They bring in Joe Quesada, who is overseeing the Marvel Knights uh, imprint and a fellow by the name of Bill Jemis, who was kind of a prick. But it was a very exciting time for, for Marvel fans because they were doing a lot of interesting things. And uh, one of the things they did was something called You Decide. This was in 2002. There's actually an episode all about You Decide on Weird Comics History somewhere in the archives of uh, the Cosmic Treadmill channel. It was a bet between Joe Quesada Bill Jemis and Peter David, the uh, writer of... He was writing Captain Marvel at the time, and this was the Janice Vell Captain Marvel, the uh, the son of the original Marvel, not Carol Danvers. And uh, they had a bet as to who could sell more books. 
and Peter David, his whole gimmick was he's going to write a good story. Uh, Joe Quesada's whole gimmick was that he was going to do an ultimate book because the ultimate line was on fire. So he did the, he brought in a guy and they did this new ultimate book called ultimate adventures, which was basically a ripoff of Batman and Robin bill Jemis, the third guy, he, he was just going to throw shit at the wall. And he came up with a book called Marvel and every cover had like a half naked woman on it. <laughs> and it was basically Bill Jemis's. It was basically, you know, the whole uh, the the Family Guy thing with the you know what grinds my gears. Mm-hmm. It was basically Bill Jemis saying, "Hey, you know what grinds my gears," and it was him. It was him making fun of DC Comics. The whole the whole premise of Marvel. It was uh, the first cover of it is a ripoff of the first Smallville poster. Remember the show Smallville? Yeah. And like that poster where like. Young Clark Kent is like kind of like he's like almost like in a Jesus pose a little bit like he's like leaning up against something and he's got the S on his chest like painted on there. The cover was like that except it had like a dollar sign on his chest and the whole thing because they were making fun of DC big time for being uh, owned by America Online. So like the star of Marvel at least the first issue was Cal AOL instead of Cal L. And so it's just riffing on DC being AOL comics, and uh, <laughs> it's and and he and uh, Bill Jemis uh, he 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 hated Republicans, so there's a lot of like Rush Limbaugh bashing in there. Um, it's it's basically Bill Jemis saying, you know what grinds my gears, and then running off at the mouth and putting it in a comic book that people, stupid people like myself, paid money for, and. Uh, <laughs> It ran six issues, uh, with a seventh issue that reintroduced the Marvel Epic Comics uh, imprint. You remember Epic Comics? No, not really. Okay, in the, in the early '80s, Jim Shooter wanted to have it so he could uh, he could bring he could lure creators to Marvel, and uh, Epic was a creator-owned imprint. Uh, things like ElfQuest are there, you know the the okay. Peenies, They came, they did they did ElfQuest through Epic. They maintained the rights to ElfQuest, but Marvel published it. Uh, Grew the Wanderer uh, was another. Oh, I know one. that one. Yeah, yeah. Where Sergio Aragonis he maintains the rights to Grew, but Marvel published it. Rumor has it that Joe Casada, not Joe Casada, Jim Shooter, launched this whole Epic imprint as a way to get Frank Miller to do Ronin at Marvel. But Frank Miller didn't trust Jim Shooter, and he went to DC anyway. Uh, so Epic was a thing for, say, like 1980, because it was a magazine first. It was an Epic anthology, and then it went into the individual books. So it, it spanned the entirety of the 80s and went into the 90s. Then it went away. Bill Jemis thought, hey, if we can get people who want to write comics to write comics for us, why not? So the entire seventh issue of Marvel is an application to write for Marvel Comics. (laughs) The entire damn thing. 22 pages of, this is what we're looking for. This is what you'll keep. This is what you need to do. You need to find an artist, a a penciler, an inker. It was just so batshit insane that this is something (laughs) that they sold for actual American dollars. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do Marvel in a few weeks. Uh, That's my long way, my scenic route of saying, hey, let's do Marvel. Uh, let's see if I can find it on my pirate site. 
Oh, you mean at the library? Yeah. All right. M A R one word. D I L L E. Yeah, seven issues. There it is. All right, this and is you what see we're doing. The, uh, the first cover here looking like a looking like the Smallville cover. Oh, and it's actually not a dollar sign, it's an M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see it now. It is it is batshit. All right, so we're doing Marvel. Sounds good. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> All right, go ahead and do your plugs. Uh, you could find words from me at Chris's on infinite com and talking from me at Chris and Reggie dot com. Uh, we re- I recently put up a, uh, something I've been holding on to for the better part of two years now. It was an episode that Reggie and I did for, uh, the weird science show. It was, a we used to cover the Sandman universe books. And then we talked about that a little bit during the Lucifer discussion a few weeks back. And so we did all those books, and I was compiling them after the fact and putting them out as sort of like anthology uh, episodes. So for Halloween, I put out the seventh episode of the Sandman Universe Gatherum uh, with links to the first six episodes because it's kind of hard to find them deep, deep, deep in the archives. But uh, if anybody wants to hear uh, Reggie's voice again, it's there. And if you want to hear some current year Vertigo, or not Vertigo, just DC, I guess, now, DC conversation, it's it's right there for you. So uh, there's that. Uh, of course, there's X lapsed. There's major X lapsed, and uh, a lot of stuff cooking. So uh, keep uh, keep your ears tuned, I suppose. All right. Last week uh, we did the death of Hawkman. We reviewed Hell in the Cell, The Witches, uh, Danzig sings Elvis, The Craft Legacy, and NXT Halloween Havoc. Those are all. Did Danzig in the do Blue Christmas? <laughs> no, I would have <sighs> loved that though. Lame. Um, tomorrow night is uh, tomorrow during the day is election day here in the United States and um, it has become the four year tradition that whenever there is a presidential election myself, Robert Winfrey and Andrew Graham from our Canadian office get together and we do a live election podcast so we will watch as the returns come in and we will uh, fill out our maps and uh tell you what we think as things are happening you know it's it's we're no you know we we are three guys who like to follow sort of the sport of politics but don't necessarily um have a dog, have in, the dog in the fight yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i voted I, I i you know i i'm not gonna talk about who i voted for but i voted but if my person doesn't win i i don't get upset about that sort of thing you know that's how elections work so Mm-hmm. Um, that, that might be the longest episode you ever do if the uh, if they don't if they don't declare a winner until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're cu- I have a pet scan the day after. We're cutting the four hours. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining us on Source Material Live for Mr. Sheehan. Sheehan, uh, I'm Mark. Be well. Be safe and behave. See ya. Four oh one.
401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.